Join Ian Garnick as we uncover the hidden marketing stories that shape our world, reveal the latest marketing tactics that will shape your future, and the amazing people that grow organizations, movements, and businesses. Learn to grow your business and shape the world around you. Welcome to the Garlic Marketing Show with Ian Garlic. And yes, it's Ian, not Ian. That's marketing too. All right, I've got one of my favorite guests, and we're going to talk about how he scaled to an eight-figure exit using YouTube ads. I've got Cosm Awesome of Solutions 8. Cosm, say hi. Thanks for having me. And we're going to talk about uh, the only three metrics he looks at. We're going to talk about his best-performing YouTube ad of all time, the crazy length of his YouTube ads, how he flipped his YouTube strategy, the problem of attribution, how many touches it could take for your business to actually be hired from YouTube, the lie of scaling funnels, the real Google effect, his journey to spending 200K a month on YouTube ads and what how much time it took before those started working. The big question you have to ask your clients, the, we're gonna talk about how beautiful it was when people started saying they've been watching for two years his videos and how they come in pre-sold and his organic YouTube strategy and the YouTube strategy that took his book to number one. All this on this garlic marketing show is full of information. Of course, this is brought to you by videocasestory.com, one of the best videos for your YouTube channel for all of your ads and all of your organic social media is video case stories. We'll talk a little bit about that in this episode, but if you want to learn how to collect, craft, and deliver those, you can get my book. Go to testimonialbook.com to get testimonials that land the big fish. All right, let's get started. Today, we're going to talk about you exited, you're still working at Solutions 8, but you're spending $200,000 a month on YouTube for your company? Yeah, for Solutions 8, our number one lead acquisition strategy, bar none without a close second, is YouTube. Wow. Wow. And when did that happen? Tell me about when that happened. I want to talk about the tactics. So let's talk about hypocrisy. (laughs) I'm a Google ads agency that doesn't run search ads because if you search for Google ads agency near me or best Google ads agency or whatever, the cost per click exceeds what I want to pay per lead. I want a $250 CPL. And by the way, I don't speak CPLs to my clients and they all know that the only three metrics that matter are CAC, LTV and MER. But I'm able to back into those numbers and CPL is a predictive indication of intent. So for anybody listening to this, it's like, wait a minute, you told me CPL is a vanity metric. It is, but I want a $250 CPL. CPCs on Google ads agency could be as much as 250 bucks. It's gotten so violently competitive from a search perspective that there's a no way to capture prospects. And even if there was in flashback to when I could capture people using Google search, what ended up happening is they didn't know to trust me. So I shifted to YouTube. You know, it's crazy, man. I spend 200 grand a month on YouTube. I don't drive them to ads. I drive them to content. My highest performing video right now is called CMO Math. It's a 56 minute video of my business partner in his like spare bedroom, bad backdrop, no production value whatsoever, no good introduction. (laughs) Just talking about CMO level math, explaining to people what media efficiency ratio is, is 56 minutes. That's my ad. I have a 56 minute ad and we just have really good targeting and the type of people that are interested in that type of content. Oh, okay. This is good. And then I have a really long sales cycle, which is the expectation. Hey, if I keep giving you value someday, will you consider hiring me? Maybe. And that's worked out. 
phenomenally well. So here I am, the Google Ads guy telling you that Google Ads, dude, it's a phenomenal tool, right? Like it's an amazing tool, but it's not the end all be all. It's not even my best lead acquisition tool. Now YouTube lives inside of Google Ads, of course, but go top of funnel, go value first, go content provision, have a YouTube channel or a Twitter feed or a podcast, like give people goodness. And what's crazy is it used to be that was your organic strategy. Now your paid strategy is top of the funnel. You're actually paying people to learn, paying people to learn. They're going to learn no matter what you want to make sure they're learning from you. I love that. I mean, it, it's what I've been touting for 15 years with my clients and they're like, oh, this works. I'm like, yeah, it works. When you help enough, it's the Zig Ziglar thing, right? You help enough people get what they want. You can get anything you want. Yep. And you know what's crazy about it, just, dude? Though, there's no attribution whatsoever. YouTube, if you look at my it. YouTube ad account right now, it says my cost per lead is $5,000. It's not. But anytime you market at the top of the funnel, you're never, ever, never, ever, never going to be able to connect the top of the funnel to the conversion point. There's zero attribution. I, oh, thank you for saying that. Because it's like, it, my attribution comes from my clients going, and everyone that comes in and watches our YouTube videos just comes in pre-sold. Yeah. I mean, they're like, can't we track this? I'm like, no, you can't. <laughs> and, <laughs> I wish we could, but also, and I'm sure you're thinking about this because I see your YouTube ads everywhere. You're following these people around because there's going to be different times and they're going to get distracted. And I might be watching the newest Spider-Man trailer and there's your ad. And I'm like, ah, oh, not right now. And then I'm like, oh, not right now. And then it, then I watch it and then I talk to you and then I forgot I watched it. And, but I'm not clicking through to, to schedule a meeting generally, am I? Dude, when is the last time anybody ever clicked on an ad and bought something? anything when was the last time you clicked on you're like oh i i want to snuffle up i had one of those as a kid. nobody does that it takes google did this really interesting multivariant study mm-hmm. across i don't know how many hundreds of thousands of data points but they decided that it takes 20 touches to sell a candy bar and 500 touches to sell a flight that was the spectrum 20 mm-hmm. to 500 so now ask yourself is the thing that i sell more complex than a candy bar more complex than a flight 500 touches. So you can't just be in front of somebody one time like, hey, do you want the thing? It's nonstop ongoing relationship building in a multivariant, multifaceted environment across multiple channels and a protracted time period. And if you don't want to play that game, fine, but you're going to lose digital marketing. You lose, period, full stop, done. Yeah, I think we've all sold all this attribution idea so much that people, and I think the people losing out on the most are the people, the least savvy. Because they're being told, yeah, I can, I'll pay this much for a lead and I don't have to do anything else. Dude, it's a bell curve. So I'm, I'm not coming on your show to argue with you. I agree with you. I think the least savvy people are losing. What's crazy is the hyper-efficient data-driven marketers, it's a snake eating their own tail because all they're doing is optimizing the campaigns they can track and they're forcing all their ad spend in the campaigns they can track. The campaigns you can track are only trackable because they're at the bottom of the funnel. Think about the visibility that Google, Facebook, all the media properties have. The visibility is all seven days old. 
anything past seven days because of iOS 14, GDPR, privacy first updates, statecraft, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, you can't see. So your campaign optimization is happening on all the campaigns that have seven day visibility and you slam your funds into there, but they don't scale and they can't scale because it's the bottom of the funnel. The bottom of a funnel can't scale. Think about a physical funnel. Okay, you go into your kitchen, you grab a funnel, and that's the funnel that you use to pour something into something else. If you tried to scale the bottom of that funnel, that becomes a cylinder. It's a broken funnel. It doesn't exist. Bottom of the funnel doesn't scale. And so all the hyper-efficient data-driven marketers are dying on the vine. And the best part, here's the best part. Ready? They don't know why. They don't know why. They refuse to accept the concept that, hey, dude, you can't track that anymore. Because 18 months ago, they could. Pre-iOS, they could. Pre-GDPR, they could. Pre-privacy first, they could. Pre-Flock, pre-Google GA4 update, pre-death of cookies. They used to be able to track every touch along every level of analysis, and now they can't, and they don't know why. And so they're running Google ads, they're running Facebook ads, and they sell 10 things today, and Google says, I sold eight of those things. And Facebook says, I sold eight of those things. And they're confused out of their minds. They have no idea how to contend with the overlap and refuse to acknowledge the mess. Because CMOs are forced to go into corporate meetings and offer specific, clear data. No such thing exists. No such thing exists. And for as long as you want clean data, you're going to be a horrible marketer. Praise Jesus. Because I've I've been talking to so many people about this because it's, I'm like, yeah, you get some attribution of certain things, but like you said, there's 500 touch points and you don't, it's the compilation of the touch point. And I'm putting, I, I do this in a presentation, but I'm putting another video on it. But the reality, we think that it's, oh, I have a problem. I Google it. I go to the solution. I see something, I buy it. And they're like, and people are out there selling the idea that, oh, I can get you $25,000 a month or $25,000 a year clients just from one funnel. No right. one stays in a funnel. No one stays in these things. It's real life. We go around and we're on lots of other devices. And right. I've got what, 10, 10, 12 other devices in front of me. I walk over there, I've got my iPad. And how are you going to know? But like you said, but if you put enough information and good information in front of them, they're not going to forget you. I think that's the other thing too, is we, out the Google effect. Have you guys, that cognitive disorder, not cognitive disorder, but cognitive, cognitive malfunction. Dissonance. This not it's not dissonances, but it's like the fundamental attribution error. Like we think certain things, but now people they've had the Google effect that we forget more things that we Google because we can Google it. Our brain there is no need for a repository. I, dude, yeah. I almost think that's like the next step in human evolution. Why would I remember? I, some teachers are trying to teach my sons. They want them to remember the states. And I told my boy, I was like, don't do that. You don't need yeah. to memorize anything. You need to learn how to learn. You need to think about how to think. Don't try to store data unless it can be pertinent in real time. Yeah. And so in, for, as marketers, we have to accept that, that people don't remember anything that they see and you have to put it in front of them. And I'm glad you're doing this. And so talk to me about the journey though of YouTube ads. Cause I think last time I talked, it might've been 18 months ago that I had you on the podcast and you're like, it's YouTube ads are a long-term play. We're starting to get into them. How did that evolve to, to you're like, this is working? Because obviously, you know, you have to, $200,000. I'm assuming you didn't start with a 200K budget. We did not start with a 200K budget. No, <laughs> you know, the problem with YouTube ads, by Google's own admission, Google's documentation says that you want 15 times your TCPA per day as a budget. 
15 times. That's insane. So if your target cost per acquisition is $50 and you multiply that by 15, that's $750 per day. And $50 is a really low CPA. So that's $22,000 yeah. ad spend. Most people can't afford that. But the problem is YouTube is this massive ecosystem and Google's not going to let you do the interest-based segmentation that Facebook did. Not because it's not technically possible, but because Google doesn't want to get sued. And they've been far more, what would you say, sophisticated in their utilization of how they allow people to see other people's data. So you need to spend more inside of YouTube than you'd spend in other ad networks. But once YouTube figures out who's actually interested in your stuff, it's an unbelievable targeting mechanism. It has all the data that Google has. Facebook has 55,000 demographic and psychographic profiling factors in every human on the planet. Google has 72 million. So Google knows way more about you than Facebook will ever know. And what we started to do is all of our best leads were coming from YouTube. I've got a YouTube channel. I have 25,000 subscribers, which in the world of YouTube is literally nothing. Ian, I could eat off this channel for the rest of my life, and so could my children's children, just in what it delivers right now from a lead flow perspective. Because even though it's only 25,000 subscribers, they are engaged. And dude, I get insane leads. I wish I could name drop right now because the lead I just got is so exciting to me. It's the CMO of a brand everybody's heard of that's been a household name since the 80s, and he's been watching my videos for a year, and he just mm -hmm. converted. So look, I was in a longer term yep. agreement with another agency and I knew I was going to come to you guys as soon as that thing wrapped up. And so I earned that guy a year ago and now it's just me trucking along. Okay, I'm going to create value until he's ready to drop. And that happens over and over again. So we realized, how do we pour gas on this fire? Pay more people to watch our videos. Yeah. You think about it from a leverage standpoint, right? And $750 a day seems really expensive. But as... Like any industry that, that has an above a $50 cost CPA, that's still, you're spending, you, your time value is at least $1,000 a day, right? The cost, you, you probably want to earn more than $1,000 a day, right? I charge two grand an hour, dude. I'm not. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So if you can get in front of potential clients like that guy and talk to them for five, six, seven hours, it's worth $750 a day. Yeah. So that's the question, isn't it? That's the question. Ask yourself, would you pay in order to get your content in front of your perfect customer? And if the answer is no, then you know, either you have crap content or you have a crap offer, right? Because if you wouldn't pay mm -hmm. to get your content in front of your perfect customer, then you don't believe in your content or you don't believe in your offer. If you believe in your content and you believe in your offer, the answer is absolutely. Why wouldn't I do that? And that's why we deliver content and we don't deliver ads. I love it. And, and, yeah, and it makes sense too, because I, what I love about YouTube is it's TikTok has become the other one, but up until TikTok last year became a search engine. Now it's like the fastest growing search engine. YouTube was the only attention and intention platform out there. Mm. People went there with intent, but they also went there to escape their attention. And so you have all this opportunity, but no one is there to be served up ads, traditional ads. And I keep seeing those traditional ads being put up there. I'm like, man, this is a waste of time. Yep. Probably for some low level products, like it works well for, I'm sure for like transactional products, right? Dude, it works uh, at the bottom of the funnel. If you've seen my ads for a year and then I start dripping and you can do this with YouTube sequences or however it is that you want to position it. You can sneak bottom of the funnel ads in there for sure. But it's the classic analogy of proposing when you should just be asking for a first date. 
Digital marketing is relationship building. Don't jump out in front of somebody and say, buy my thing. Instead, if you're selling blue light blocking glasses, trying to throw your blue light blocking glasses at me, it just makes me feel like you're a drop shipper scam artist trying to make money. But if you come out and say, hey, look, my eye strain was unbearable. I couldn't play catch with my son. I was having a hard time going out at noon because of how difficult it was for me to see. And then I started using these blue blockers. And let me tell you, and now all of a sudden it goes, whoa, I have eye strain. I can't play catch. You know what I mean? Paradigm shift. You just provided an immense amount of value. You connected a symptom to something that I didn't even realize was a problem. And then over time, you can nurture me down into buying your blue blockers. So, I mean, what you just did was a case story, right? That's literally what you just did for a case story for blue blockers. Here's my problem. Here's my solution. Where does that fit into a marketing funnel? And this is so glad you asked, Ian. So I have some case stories. I I hired a very close friend of mine who creates those professionally and his agency did a phenomenal job, by the way. Let me pull them up because I want to share. Check this out, dude. Can I share my screen? Yeah, I think uh, I can. Yeah, you can share your screen. I'm in my YouTube channel. I'm in the videos and I've sorted by the most popular videos. And my third most popular video is a case story with 160,000 views. And wow. and then in the top 12, it looks like eight, nine, 10, that in the top 10 is one with 61,000 views. The case stories, um, number one, get phenomenal organic lifts, which I find interesting. I actually did not expect that to be frank. Number two are my best remarketing ads ever. So I've tested every form of remarketing and retargeting in existence from straight bottom of the funnel to additional content. You name it, I've done it. And it's the case stories. If somebody has expressed interest and expressing interest means they've gone to my pricing page. They looked at, they've looked at the case studies on my website. They're looking at content that would speak to like a, to more about my onboarding process. They've examined X number of videos or Y number of pages. I start to deliver case study, case stories as the remarketing. And that's the content that converts people. Because I've earned them with my content. Hey, here's how we do this, how we do that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then the, who taught me this? It was Scott Benham. I'm going to say his last name wrong. He's a phenomenal fractional CO. He's worked for some of the biggest names in the marketing world. And he told me there's only three objections. The first objection is, does this work? That's my top mm-hmm. of the funnel content. Here's how you do this thing. The second objection is, does it work for people like me? That's your case story content. That's the middle of the funnel. The third objection is, will it work for me? And that usually is you and me on a call. So high level, top of funnel content, value provision, which sometimes includes the case story, not always. Middle of the funnel, case story, bottom of the funnel, let's talk. Let's have a conversation, you and me as a human being. And if your product is lower ticket, maybe it's not a conversation. Maybe it's a video sales letter or a really robust sales page with all the content they would need in order to make that decision. But that's the way that we're currently running our funnels and it's never worked better. Love it. The only reason I'm upset at you now is because I just sent my book off to the publisher and now I'm going to have to get it back and edit and put this in there. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Thank you. No, I mean, but it's to the organic reach standpoint, just a side note, that's actually where I got started focusing on video case stories, because I always saw that those would get triggered and YouTube would trigger those to be shown in Google the fastest. Mm. And because you get the view time, you get the total view time. 
and you know the percentage time because if you no matter what you teach there's a certain point where someone's like, oh i got that i'm gonna go do it so they might right. drop off at 50 percent. but if you have a story with a strong story they have to watch it today right. how many times do you watch a tv show that you're like this sucks but i need to know what happens and coming back to building up to a 200k budget because obviously you had a lead time where was the point where like this is starting to work how long was it before you're like this is starting to work let's start elevating it and how did you know it because no attribution that's so that the latter half of that question is the problem for anybody that wants to follow in our footsteps it was very anecdotal we're spending this money on youtube and we're spending roughly 10k a month or whatever we were spending with the expectation that you know what we're just going to build our youtube following and I think it took about, and man, this is just me pulling a number out of the sky based off of my memory, which is not the best, but it was about 90 days and 90 days into it, the head of our sales team, Mike started saying, man, the leads are getting better. A, B, they really, and he calls them Kassim people and John people. My YouTube channel is, hey, there's a bunch of people in my organization that make YouTube videos, but it's really just me and my business partner. And so it started with Mike saying, a lead came in, he's a Kassim person. And, or a lead came in, she's a John person. And the John people were really like kind of techie and wanted the data and wanted whatever. And then the Kassim people were a little bit more head in the clouds, like the, the higher, the philosophical approach to marketing. Because John actually does Google ads on a regular basis. And then I'll come in and say, hey, here's what I think this means. And the fact that we were getting those leads let us know those have to be coming from YouTube because that no other me mechanism has produced those types of prospects. And all of a sudden we were getting more than we'd ever gotten. And so it was an anecdotal assumption, but a pretty safe assumption to say, man, YouTube's pulling this in. Let's go throw a bunch of money at YouTube. And so we started ratcheting it up and it was a big gamble that paid off, but there was no data driven proof period. If I were in a boardroom trying to support my request for funding, this new marketing method, <laughs> I wouldn't have gotten it. I'd be like, you know what? I've got a hunch that smart people are really going to appreciate really good content and someday buy from us. And what's funny too, is I thought that our top to bottom of this, the funnel sales cycle would be like 90 days. The more YouTube I run, Ian, the more I realize it could be 12 months or longer. Because all of a sudden, I'm getting responses from people that are saying, and I see it anecdotally too. I see it in the comments. I see it in private messages to me, LinkedIn messages, outreach. I've been watching your videos for years. I've been watching mm -hmm. your videos for years. And that means that a lot of them have been watching organically because I haven't been spending this much money on YouTube ads for years, quote unquote. But I've been spending on YouTube for almost two years, let's say 18 months or so. I think I was talking to you right when we were embarking on the mission when you started yeah yeah and uh, it's becoming really obvious that it just takes time and you're building equity that's the way to think about it and you might think gosh i'm spending ten thousand dollars a month in youtube ads whenever we think about ads we think that the money that i spent this month has been wasted and that in most forms of ads is true like display ads or search mm -hmm. ads somebody searches clicks on your ad and doesn't convert you're probably not coming back yeah. unless you remarket to them heavily with youtube ads it's different you're investing in a brand. They've seen your face. They've heard your voice. They've been exposed to your message. They've had the opportunity to subscribe, to comment, to dive further down the rabbit hole if you're smart about giving away freebies. And there's an equity play there. You're investing in your brand in a really powerful way. And I'm seeing that continue to pay dividends. Wow. 
Yeah, it's it's you are investing your brand and also like we put content. It's the true meaning of brand, right? It's how you make people feel is what you're investing in. Mm. And I think like we talked about, like people are forgetting everything, but they won't forget how you made them feel and they'll see your face. And I love the science of marketing and we forget that. You know, up until what, 5,000 years, humans been around for 150,000 years or so, like in the current form. And up until 8,000 years ago, we really didn't have much language. And all you knew was someone's face. So all that is baked in. It's like, we have to know how someone makes us feel. And we have to remember that when we see their face and that's what you're doing. And like you and John. And you know, what's interesting you say that because I guess I must be a techie marketer, obviously from that last conversation, because I see John's videos so much more. I'm like, it's awesome making videos. Yeah, that's funny. John also runs the ad spend. So he's probably promoting himself a lot more than me. <laughs> I imagine his videos convert a lot better than mine do. Yeah. But it also, it not only that, it changes the conversation when someone comes in the door, doesn't it? When they've watched oh, all dude, videos. Oh, dude. Ian, can I tell you how many people? It's so funny, man. I almost feel bad. It used to be I'd get on a sales call and be like, all right, prove yourself to me. What makes you think blah, 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 blah. I get on the call with people now. They're like, listen, I totally understand attribution's a problem. We are measuring by MER. I'm not worried about TCP and TROAS. And by the way, do you please have room for me? Because I, you know, you pro- I probably have a waiting list. And it just, it instantly, and I'm not trying to sound predatory, right? Like I don't want, I'm not that agency. I don't position oh. myself with false scarcity, but I don't lord things over clients, but they're, perfectly educated clients they know and if they don't like what i have to say they don't contact me so i'm actually going to shoot a video right now i have a note for myself i'll read this note to you the note is you can't scale and maintain efficiency i'm going to shoot a video and the title is going to be you cannot scale and maintain efficiency and then i'm going to explain why and it's not even an ad problem it's a problem of the fundamentals of economics and what i like about that video is if somebody watches that video and converts perfect client All my nightmare clients recently are clients that want to scale and also maintain efficiency. Can't be done. Can't be done. So that client's not going to reach out to me and become a lead. And when I do have a client that does, I say, hey, do me a favor, watch this video real quick and let's just make sure that you and I are on the same page. And if it scares you off, I totally understand. Let's part as friends. So it's great expectation management. That's the other thing that we haven't really talked about. All of this content I'm producing, even if the ads never performed, the content is invaluable for client conversations, sales conversations, customer management, expectation management, just making sure that you, because if you ask me a question and I give you an answer, it's difficult to trust that answer wasn't a hundred, what was a hundred percent authentic. But if you ask me a question to go, oh, I shot a video on this three months ago. Now it's Okay. These, you're not just telling me this because it's the thing that I need to hear. You're telling me this because this is actually mm. the truth. And you have a 90 day old aged video that you obviously didn't just pull out of your hat. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, it's such a valuable tool. One thing's too, and I want to talk to you about this because I, you, not that you're focusing this way. I've been telling clients, we, we've moved to a YouTube first strategy. We used to be a website first strategy. I mean, everything thinks about the website first. We want to get people to the website, web to the website. But now I feel people spend so much more time on YouTube. They're much more comfortable on YouTube. I, I know where you're investing in YouTube and YouTube can pull out the rug anytime, but people are, I think that we should be training YouTube like our website more so, like you said, like all the content that's there. And that's where people can explore it because how much time do you spend on websites? I don't spend much time on it. Literally zero. Yeah. Unless the website is somehow functional. And that's, so the YouTube algorithm doesn't want you taking people out of YouTube. You get deprioritized if that's your call to action. 
your primary call to action should be watch other YouTube videos. YouTube wants yeah. people in YouTube. So making sure, and I think this is true of most, not all, like Pinterest isn't this way, but most social channels, Instagram wants people inside of Instagram. Yeah. So if you're running Instagram ads or you're creating Instagram content, stop trying to get people to go do something else. It's so short-sighted. Give them something else inside of Instagram. They're already in Instagram. They're here. Imagine going, walking into a restaurant and somebody saying, hey, do you want to run across the street for dessert? No, fool. I just got here. Let me sit down, eat my meal, do what I do here. And then maybe someday I'll go check out your dessert place. So give them something to do in app. If you're in YouTube, invest heavily inside of what's YouTube and then make sure that it's sticky. Have the tendrils, have the playlists, have other videos. And and don't try to force a narrative. I did this in the very beginning of my YouTube journey. I tried to say, okay, this is video one. And after video one, you have to watch video two. And after video two, you have to watch video three. Don't do that. Choose your own adventure. We talked about yep. attribution. And listen, if you're more interested in figuring out about first-party data, you can watch this. But if you'd rather watch, give them the ability to figure out because their problems are unique and they're going to go do whatever they want to do anyway. You might as well let them do it inside of your YouTube channel. Love it. I love it. It's a way to think. I was talking to, I forget who it was, but it was someone who was like early 30s. And they're like, I'm trying to tell my, she's like a social media manager. So I'm like, trying to tell my bosses that no one's spending any time on their website. And, but they, I don't go to any websites. So you might as well just put, go all in on your channel. Like you said, you're right now you're going with Instagram and we'll put a link to your Instagram in the show notes. What, let me guess. What's your Instagram handle? Cosmos. <laughs> yeah. I have the same handle across all social channels. You can do at Cosmos anywhere and you'll find me. That's yeah. We'll put a link to all that in the show notes, but going all in on it is so important. And okay. You've got YouTube down and it's helped. How much did that help you in the exiting of the agency or did it hurt you? Because a lot of people worried that, oh, I've got my face everywhere. No one's going to want to buy this company. Both. It helped a lot because it, so number one, the sales and scale, I don't, that we achieved would not have been possible without that acquisition strategy. So I almost didn't have a choice. Number two, it was an amazing asset to be able to bring to the table. I've got a channel with 25,000 subscribers and that's not a lot, but it's hyper niche. These aren't 25,000 people subscribed to my general business channel. These are 25,000 people interested in just Google ads. It's very unusual to get that big in that tight of a niche. So that was helpful. I, they were, and I had 40 unsolicited offers before we finally chose the people that we decided to sell to. And based off of my cursory conversations with all of them, there wasn't a single buyer interested in buying my company without me. And my business partner, Mm. we've got two year golden handcuffs and I imagine a golden leash is going to follow that. So you are the face, you are the voice. And I've tried to replace that a little bit. If you look at my YouTube channel, I encourage my employees to create videos. And I've got a couple that do on a regular basis. The people that subscribe because they like us. And so when I come back, even my crap videos, people are like, oh, costume's back. Because if, if I've got a heavy speaking slate or heavy travel slate, I'll fall off for a couple of weeks. Or the last time was, gosh, it was a couple months. And I hate to say this, Ian, because it sounds weird, but like, I've got my fans and there are people out there that actually really like to hear from me. And that's what you're building. And if you're like, oh, I don't want that because then I'm going to be tied to it. It's fine. But the alternative isn't that you can have it some other way. The alternative is like, you just don't get water from the well. You're like, I want well water, but I don't want anybody to know it's me. And it's like, God bless you. And best of luck. (laughs) Yeah. No, we're buying people, right? People uh, that's, it worked for Steve Jobs. People still yeah. to this day buy from Steve Jobs, right? They, he's gone and Apple's still thriving 
and, and you still can't say Apple and Steve Jobs and without same sentence. I bet you 50% of people don't know who's CEO right now of, right. of Apple. But it, so I don't I think Tim Cook is CEO of Apple. So I, I noticed a book back there. It, it's uh, is that your new book? That's the plaque. This is the actual book, You versus Google, the very unauthorized guide to Google Ads. And dude, this is, look at how thick that thing is. That is a no joke. It's a textbook, effectively. And it's not, the other piece of Google changes so often. This was antiquated the day before I published it. I just want everybody who goes out to buy it to know that. Don't expect this to be 100% of the data. It never will be, nor will any Google Ads book or honestly, really any marketing book. As evidenced by the fact that you said, crap, I got to peel my book back for my publisher because I just had more, <laughs> right? We're always yeah. updating things. That said, what we try to do is focus on paradigms and principles, the things that will never change. And those are in this book. And the tactics and the button pressing is also in this too. We were number one yes. in marketing and advertising worldwide on Amazon when we launched. So we got, no, we went all the way. It was pretty cool. And how much did you use YouTube to, to promote the book? Did you? Oh, we used it heavily. So uh, the reason I hit number one, I'll teach you my secret to go number one. Oh, yes. We, we, yeah, we started promoting the book before we launched. And here's what I did that I thought was brilliant. So there's one half brilliance and one half complete idiocy. And it, it was the idiocy that actually worked more for me than the brilliance. The brilliant piece was we started promoting the book and we're like, look, we finally did it because we've been teasing this for a long time. The book is ready. We're going to launch sometime next month. I'm not going to tell you when. Opt in to get notified because for, and I forgot what the timeline was, but like for 24 hours, we're going to run a 99 cent sale on the ebook. So if you want to get the book for a dollar, opt in and I'll notify you when it goes live. Now, here's why you do this. Amazon's ranking is done on a per day basis. So you don't want to launch and then market because you get people that buy Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, and then your ranking is getting refreshed every single day. Instead, you want to line up all your horses and then when the book is ready, then you let them loose. And now they're all running at the same time. And so it was a bad analogy, but you know what I mean? Get everybody ready yeah. to buy. And then when you go live, everybody who wants to buy from you buys right then and there. And bam, you're, you start shooting up the ranking. So I had 10,000 people opted into this list to buy our book. This is the best part. Because my book is so big, Amazon wouldn't let me price it at 99 cents. Amazon has this weird, obscure policy that I didn't know existed and my first book that I launched, I did the same thing and I was able to do it fine. So I was like, we're just running the same script. Because the book is so big and the digital file is so big, Amazon said the cheapest you can sell this thing for is $2.99. So I've got a list of almost 10,000 people that I've promised a 99 cent ebook to that I can't give the ebook to for 99 cents. And it's like, what do you do? Are you the dirty liar who says, hey guys, so sorry, made a mistake. It's actually $2.99. I realize it's only two bucks, but dude, you and I both know Breaking a promise in the marketing world, even a $2 promise, is catastrophic error. It's like, okay, yeah. bro, I see what you're about. Or you're an idiot. Either you're unethical or you're an idiot. So what I did, and I thought it was a good pivot, is I sent an email saying, look, Amazon won't let me price my book for 99 cents. Here's why. I'm going to give it to you for free. Go to soulate.com forward slash free dash book, which is still live, by the way. You can have the ebook for absolutely free. You can just download it. And if you still want to help me, because I'm trying to be number one worldwide, go buy the ebook. Here's what's crazy. I got so much more visibility because people started sharing the shit out of the free link. And on the free page, I said, I explained what was going on. I was like, look, I didn't mean to give this book away for free. I wanted to sell it for 99 cents for a day and then go sell it like a normal book. Here's the mistake I made. You can have it for free. But if you want to help us out, 
So I bet you I got five times as many purchases as I would have gotten otherwise, just because my organic reach went freaking crazy. So that's your model for how to go number one. And then we were number one for marketing and advertising, which I don't know that I expected to hit those categories. I knew I was going to be number one in something, but maybe one of the more obscure categories. Those are the two of the hardest categories in all of the Amazon ranking system. And it's because we went semi-viral. That's amazing. That is amazing. And how did YouTube fit into this? Uh, I promoted the book opt-in on YouTube. We actually announced the book first on YouTube. And then when the book went live, the entire thing happened in YouTube. We did a YouTube live. Bro, don't sleep on YouTube lives, by the way. You get a ton of prioritization on YouTube lives. People can ask you questions, which really helps direct the conversation. You get a better sense as to what people are asking and thinking. You can create a membership inside of YouTube, which we have. And then only your members can ask questions. You can have private videos just for your member base. And then, of course, we promoted the book on YouTube. We actually ran ads to the opt-in. That was one of the few bottom-of-the-funnel offers I made inside of YouTube just because I was trying to do list building. But even that, if you think yeah. about it, isn't bottom-of-the-funnel because the book isn't the bottom of my funnel. The book is the top of my funnel. So I'm running a bottom-of-the-funnel campaign for a top-of-the-funnel asset, top. if that makes yeah. any sense. No, it makes complete sense. It makes complete sense. It's bottom-of-the-funnel for the book, but top of your business funnel. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Wow. Yeah. I know you got to go, but this is just, it's always so much fun. So exciting to talk to you. It's like you're doing such big things. And like I said, it, like I love because you're transparent and you do stuff and you do what you say you're going to do and it works. Because I'll be honest, like I, I've recommended clients to Cosm and they're like, oh, you said it's only going to work if we spend this amount. And I'm like, that's what's going to, it's going to take because he won't just take a few thousand dollars from you and say, oh yeah, we'll try it out. And I appreciate that transparency. So we'll put a link to the book in the show notes. Instagram is where you're spending your time these days on a personal level. Where else can someone go come see you besides your Instagram? We'll put a link to that as well. Are you, uh, you out might, speaking? Yeah, my link tree is kasim.me, K-A-S-I-M.me. And that goes, you can check out my mastermind, pay me 25 grand a year and you can come hang out with me for once a quarter. You can check out my agency, solely.com. You can check out my YouTube channel, but it's all in the link tree. Nice. Nice. That's awesome. And are you still doing the podcast? I'm on perpetual traffic. That's in Linktree too. Yeah, of course. Nice. It's a wonderful podcast. I think we're up to 300,000 downloads a month. Like it's got, it's gone crazy. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? 300,000 downloads. That's amazing. I know. That's that's not me at all. That's Ralph. People tune in to listen to Ralph and I'm just there. Yeah. Yes. Whatever. Yeah. I, awesome. So 300,000 downloads is 12 Madison Square Gardens. <laughs> I play Madison Square Garden 12 times a month. That's crazy. Isn't that nerve wracking? Uh, yeah, it is a little nerve wracking. Yeah. Like, I don't, it's amazing. Don't screw this up. <laughs> we'll put a link to all that in the show notes and we're going to have you back on as you, you carry on your adventure. But Kasim, thank you so much for being on the Garlic Marketing Show. I and thanks for having me, brother. Appreciate you. Yeah, my pleasure. Make sure to go get his book, subscribe to Perpetual Traffic, follow him on Instagram, tell him you saw him here, and, and take him on your journey. And until then, thank you for taking Cosmo and I on your journey. It's been I and Garlic and the Garlic Marketing Show. Video. You know it will make you an authority. You know it will get you more leads, better leads that close faster and spend more with you. And video stories will help you be remembered and connect with those perfect clients. The problem is, where do you start? Storycruise.com is the place to go. It's like a film crew with an S. 
what's your strategy? Do you do it yourself? Do you hire a videographer, an agency? Do you need an editor? How do you know if they really know your business and how to make videos for business that work? The answer to all of this and more can be found at storycruise.com. It is the place to find the latest video marketing strategies, the best gear for your business, as well as videographers, editors, and agencies near you that are trained in video storytelling for business. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get special insider info for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show, including special access to several of my courses, including my case story course. Go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get a whole bunch of special offers just for listeners of the Garlic Marketing Show. Whether you're looking for a videographer or to do it yourself, go to storycruise.com slash garlic to get started today. That's it for the Garlic Marketing Show. If you want to get the inside scoop and the latest techniques, make sure to follow Ian Garlic on Facebook. 